In today's episode, we will be discussing new school year behaviors to look out for and the transitions that take place. The school year just started and we all want our kids to start the year off healthy and strong. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And of course, stick around to the end for our scoop of the day. Welcome to the Essential Oil Scoop, where we serve up real talk with real results. Get ready to explore the incredible world of essential oils and how they transform your daily wellness. I'm Vicki Labrilla, and this is my co-host, Sarah Sipos. With over 22 years of collective essential oil knowledge and experience, we are well-equipped to bring you the best tips and tricks for all your needs to live life to the fullest. So join us as we dish out the juicy scoop to a healthier, happier you. It's time to elevate your life. Tune in and let's dive deep into the realm of essential oils for a life of vitality and well-being. Sarah, it's so exciting. It's a brand new school year. Majority of kids are already in session. All the things are happening. And I know parents are feeling and seeing a shift in the transition aspect of their life and the behaviors and emotions that are popping up right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm I'm a little sad. I don't have anyone really starting a school year right now. Um, My kids are all done. I mean, with like elementary school and high school and and all of those grade school, I guess you could say, Um, we're just, you know, college parents now. So it's a little weird, but man, I do remember the transitions and starting new schools. And, you know, we moved a lot when my kids were younger. And so the transition into school year was, was rough. Like sometimes it was rough and I'm so grateful. We had different things and tools and friends that could help us like work through some of the transitions that we had with each one of our kids, um, struggled in different ways with transitioning. So some start struggled with, you know, acting out and some going within themselves and, and being, you know, kind of quiet and different things. And I know as an educator, you've got all kinds of great tips for parents to help them with these, um, these transitions. So I'm going to let you do your thing about with all of your experience and all the years of teaching that you can like speak to us, because I think it's really important to get an educator's point of view on these um, different behaviors and what to look for in some of these signs. Well, I really appreciate that. That's super kind of you. You know, I'm just one tog in the the educational space, but I was really excited to be a part of it for so long. So back to school topics are huge. They run rampant July, August, September, right? And we're going to be part of that conversation. It's a conversation that needs to be had because every child is unique and every situation is situational. Like because one thing works for one family group or multiple family groups doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but there are signs to look out for and to recognize and then take action on. And sometimes I've seen parents become so overwhelmed with the transitions happening and the behaviors that their child or children are expressing that they really don't know which to tackle first, the reaction or the emotion, or looking ahead to like, okay, next week, we're going to do this. We're going to implement this later. Does that make sense? Are we, are we keeping in the, 
keep it on the train. Okay. Yes, absolutely. What, so what you may see in the classroom at the start of the new school year is quite simply the effects of past traumas, past situations that you had no control over, i.e. summer. Okay. Summer is an area of that year where there's more exclusion. There's separation from their peers. There's isolation. There's lack of activities for some. And now, you know, some parents are like, oh, that doesn't speak to me. We go on trips, we go on vacations, but that is not the collective whole. You have to understand when your child is in elementary school, primary school, in a school setting with 80 other classmates, sometimes they are exposed to so many um, friends and support systems. And in the summertime, that's taken away. Okay. So trauma looks, has different forms, many different forms. This is not the topic of conversation today, but I want you to understand it plays a role in their behaviors and the transitional discomforts that come in the beginning of a school year. Okay. So there is two ways that, um, children tend to act. It's acting out behaviors or acting in behavior. Sarah, have you heard that term before acting out and acting in behaviors? I haven't heard the term before, but I like, I like that. It's a term I can, I can identify with because I had that with my kids. I had kids who acted out who were like their behaviors changed when school came. And I was like, what is this child? Who are you? Mm-hmm. And then I can, I can be where it was within where they would probably go a little bit more closed off. Um, they were more tired, more lethargic, more withdrawn from different activities. So when you say that, I see my different kids with my different personality types and I can say, okay, this child had the acting out and this child had the acting within um, and how you eloquently put that. Um, so I can see that. I didn't have um, a name to verbalize it, to say, this is what my child is doing. I just knew intuitively, okay, this child is like going crazy. And this child, like, come on, girl, we got to get you out of your shell. Exactly. And I'm so glad you said that because intuition also plays a role in how you can parent the best way possible and support your child in this transitional phase of back to school behaviors and transitions. So Um, behaviors typically fall into two categories, right? Acting out or acting in. And it's important to understand and note that trauma um, activities as fight, flight, or freeze. I think you've heard that before. It's been very commonly talked about in the last 10, 15 years. So fight, flight, or freeze responses, right? We don't choose how to respond when we are in the state of trauma. The system responds in to the stressors automatically. It's an automatic response that our bodies do, okay? So acting out behaviors, what is that? Acting out behaviors are those we typically think of when we picture bad behavior. So children who act out doing things such as hitting or throwing objects or slamming the wall, shouting, crying out, lying, or starting fights with peers. These children are acting upon the fight 
or flight portion of the fight, flight, freeze response. Okay. I know I just like word vomited all over, but bear with me. Okay. It's part, it, it's this podcast episode is so powerful. And the, the nuggets here are ones that you can carry on down the line year after year. So what are acting in behaviors? This was a new term that I, I wasn't familiar with until a couple years ago. So acting in behaviors are behaviors that are more easily missed. Okay, let's be honest. They're easily missed because they often don't demand that much attention. Okay, these behaviors include things like being withdrawn, um, withdrawing from situations, running away, keeping one's hands on their desk if it's a school setting, becoming more um, increased sadness within the day span, okay? Being unresponsive to requests, engagement, okay? So as the school year starts to um, rev up, begin, teachers and or parents and or guardians can expect to see both acting out and acting in behaviors in their children. It is amazing. And I promise you now that you know and understand the difference, you'll be like, oh yeah, Vicki, I got this. Like, okay, but what do we do? Sarah, we have some really cool tips to help with this transition, help with behaviors and to help support our kids in such a nourishing way. And let's be honest, a toxic free way. So Sarah, I'm going to give you the reins. Well, I just want to like piggyback off of that. And one of the things I know we just talked about in our last episode, um, bedtime routines, but honestly, like starting to adjust a schedule, like adjusting your schedule a little bit before school starts. And if you haven't yet, and like now is a good time as school is starting to kind of adjust that schedule. Like let's get back into some routines um, because I think routines are a really great way of helping kids to transition into anything, getting them set into a really good routine of getting up in the morning and and, um, what their morning routine looks like, what their bedtime routine looks like, what their after school routine looks like. What does that look like in your house? Like I know when we're transitioning for school year, um, that really just helps to minimize all the behaviors all the way around is so kids know what to expect. Right. Part of their part of the reason why they're acting out or having behaviors is they don't have they don't know what to expect at school. It's different than last year. It's different kids, different a different teacher, maybe. So there's there's some differences and they don't really have expectations. If you notice, like last year, midway through the school year, your kid was probably doing just fine. They were adjusting, they the school year was going. They knew what to expect every day when they got in there that, you know, things started to even out. The same thing will happen this year, except for right now, you're just going, oh, this is overwhelming. So get those kids into a good morning routine, get them into a good evening routine and have them in a good after school routine, whatever that may look like. If that looks like you picking them up from a daycare situation, or if that means you're picking them up from school or they're riding the bus home or Whatever that that looks like in your world, because we all have different lives and we all have a different thing. Having that routine is so key. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're the mom who has cookies sitting on the table when they get home from school, or carrots, or some snack, 
or if you are the parent that's picking them up from a daycare situation or a friend or something like that, when you're coming home and you're just going right into dinner, having five minutes of like, hey, how was your day? What'd you do today? Be intentionally listening to what they're saying and really paying attention. And I know as a parent, sometimes we get caught in this, like, I got to get home. I got to get dinner ready. I got to do this. We've got an activity happening. We've got soccer happening, you know, whatever it is. I know I've been there. I know. But like that routine of coming home and having that space of like, I'm going to listen to this child. Even if I want to like pull my hair out, I want to listen to that child, right? I want to like, okay, I'm going to listen. Because if you keep those lines of communication open, it's going to help their transition so much easier. But um, one of the things I'd love to touch on is some great diffuser oils of what we can put into our diffuser to diffuse for when our kids are walking in the door or maybe when we first get home, if we're all getting home at the same time, maybe teaching them, if you've got older kids, teaching them how to use the diffuser. Um, I personally think that rosemary is a fantastic oil for transition. It's a great oil just in general for school in general. It's, it's the oil of knowledge and transition and it aids in those times of transition and change when person is having a difficult time adjusting to a new house, new school, new relationship. Um, rosemary teaches that one does not need to understand all the things with a mortal perspective. So it's going to teach your kids that they don't have to understand everything it has a support. You're going to get that support yourself because you're going through a transition too, mama. Like you're going through the transition. You're going through a transition too, their new teacher. Like everybody's going through this like time of change. And this is a really great oil to be diffusing. Maybe diffuse it with some wild orange, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, or inhale it straight from the bottle. Um, maybe make a roller, put it on the bottoms of feet. If we're having a really difficult time uh, using this just before school under on their feet before school and then putting their socks over it. That's another good one. If they're really struggling hard. Um, also, if they're di having learning difficulties, maybe they're struggling because it's all new material. They haven't learned this yet. They're struggling with that. Like there's a new you know, we always say in business, new, new level, new devil, same with, same with elementary school, new level, new devil, like you're learning something new and they might struggle with it at first. Now, does it mean they are incapable of learning? It just means that it's new and they have to have some time adjusting to that newness. Sarah, can I get an amen? I agree with you. New level, new devil every single year is like that. Transition is difficult. I want to, rosemary is such a wonderful tool I, and I'm glad we're highlighting three essential oil tools that will be very beneficial for this time of year and honestly all year long. But can I remind you guys that a behavior is communication? Beha a behavior is part of communication. They are communicating their feelings and their emotions and where they're at currently in the moment. Sarah talked about, you know, listening. Let's discuss active listening. I invite you because technology, right? I have my phone right next to me, okay? How many of you see this all the time? Uh-huh, yeah, mom, yeah, dad, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'll get it. That is not active listening, okay? That's distractive listening and a whole other term that I can't think of right now. 
I invite you to put into practice active listening with your child, making them feel the love, making them feel heard and having that time and separation from nothing else matters, but the moment we're in that practice of active listening is is extremely powerful for you to make that connection with your children. Huge. And I know Sarah's shaking her head for those listening to this podcast because she's like, absolutely. Absolutely. It is so powerful. All distractions aside. But remember that each and every behavior, whether it is, you know, acting in behaviors, acting out behaviors, that is part of them communicating to us as adults on, hey, this is where I'm at. And Rosemary- Modeling, modeling that behavior. It's so important for active listening, like modeling the behavior of I'm putting my phone away to talk to you. And remember, they're going to remember what you did as an adult when they're parenting their own children. Mm -hmm. So model the behaviors you would like to see with your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, because these are generational habits that you can have an active role in participating in right now. Yes, absolutely. And one other oil out of the three that we're discussing today is wild orange. Wild orange is such, and I have it. I've been, you know, fiddling with it this entire episode. Wild orange is a invigorating and uplifting and empowering essential oil to put into play and to put into action. If you're feeling, you know, isolated or there's fear hello, beginning of the school year, right? This is a wonderful oil to rip you out of that lower vibrational emotions and bring you to a point of, of, of love and contentment. It smells amazing. Okay. So let's just call a spade a spade. I could diffuse this every single day in my life and be a happy camper. And actually I probably do diffuse it (laughs) 80% of my life. My friends, You can also add this in water. So your children can have, you know, a drop of this into their reusable, you know, metal or glass water bottle or bake with it. I'm telling you, this is such a powerful oil on an emotional level to help you go from feeling drained to feeling proactive. And let's be honest, it is draining in the beginning of anything in transition. It depletes our energy a lot faster. So why not put a pep in your step with wild orange? Sarah, I know you have some more fun facts about wild orange. I'm going to smell this while you educate our peeps. Okay. Well, you couldn't see this, but Vicky leaned in. It looked like she was ready to put the oil right up to the camera that we're using right now. And just like, here, do you want to smell it? And like, give it, give everybody a whiff. Um, It smells amazing. Think of like fresh oranges being peeled. It just, what it smells like it's so good um I love wild orange that it really helps with that um feeling of abundance sometimes when kids and all of us are in a transitional mode maybe you've moved maybe you've lost some friends maybe you're in some a little bit of grief mode um grieving grieving the missed opportunities of summer. Maybe you're grieving that your kids have to go back to school or maybe they're grieving that they have to go back to school um, wild orange can be a really powerful oil in that, in that process of maybe some deeper sadness or some grief of like, 
And maybe kids don't understand what grief or sadness or sorrow means. And so it's a really great opportunity to say, wait, are you feeling a little sad that you're missing summer or what, is there anything that's going on that's being, it's a little bit harder than you thought this year? You know, just opening up your, some questions and diffusing that wild orange to calm their little hearts so they feel more abundant. They feel like not everything is changing so quickly and like things are being taken away from them. Because I remember when my kids went from like being able to play on a playground twice a day to once a day because, you know, they went to the upper grades of elementary school. And that was a that was huge, huge, huge adjustment of just going from one, re, you know, two recesses to one recess a day or something like that. That's a big adjustment. And as adults, I think we forget like what that feels like. And, and to be open to that and to like realize that something was being taken away from them and so that the wild orange can support them in abundance. But the next oil we're talking about is Northern Escape. And awesome. I love Northern Escape. And I know Vicki, this is one of her favorites because she loves the smell of the woods and the, the forest and all the things. And it's the um, oil of stable transitions. So Vicki, tell us why you love Northern Escape so much. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at my notes here. So Northern Escape is a beautiful blend of wonderful grounding oils. So if it is a fir, like cedar wood or Siberian fir, it comes from a tree, right? A tree has deeply rooted roots within the earth. Think of it as rooting you down to mother nature and grounding you. So this is a wonderful grounding oil when you feel unstable and in disease. So black spruce, Siberian fir, balsam fir, lavender, cedar wood, cypress, hinoki, frankincense, uh, nutka, kananga, and I think I said that right, maybe not, and clove. Okay, all of those wonderful oils alone, a la carte, are fabulous. But when you bottle it up into a blend called Northern Escape, it gives you like forest therapy without forest therapy. And my arms are off screen, but like I'm hugging a tree or something. I'm so filled with excitement right now. If you are having mental fatigue, okay, in transition, physical and emotional fatigue is a real thing. This Northern Escape is going to come in. It's going to cultivate processes within our brain to help us calm and remind us that we are able to do those things. Even if those things are difficult, we can, we're capable and we're able. Sometimes we need that little nudge to remind ourselves. It is, I don't know. It's just, it's so renewing and comforting and it smells divine. If you love the outdoors at all, y'all right now in the month of August in 2023, this oil is 10% off as well. It just happens to fit within the category of this episode. So it's a win-win. Sarah, what else could you share about Northern Escape? I love that this oil helps when you're feeling um, distracted. You know, sometimes when we're going through hard things um, or things we're avoiding, maybe we have tendency to avoid certain things because avoidance and distraction will it's easier than dealing with the thing we're supposed to be dealing with. Um, this oil helps to um, helps to ease that discomfort that we're having from the, the 
experience that we're having. And so instead of running through, running away to a distraction or um, denial or whatever it is that's coming up for you, I know when I get overly stressed, I start to try to distract myself with dumb things like, like phone games. I will distract myself with a phone game or I will distract myself with, you know, anything else but what I'm supposed to be doing in life. And so I know when those distractions come, it's because I'm going through some sort of transition change period. But that's because I know myself. It's really hard for kiddos to maybe articulate that. Like it took me a long time to articulate or figure out why do I do stupid things when I know I've got all this stuff to do and it's because I feel overwhelmed. And so I do that within acting within of distracting myself with something else or, um, you know, when I was a teenager, it was, you know, hanging out with friends. I would do anything except for what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, I think this helps us to release some of our unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And it really helps us to um, work through things instead of trying to distract ourselves from the most important things. Exactly. No more are the days of burying what doesn't serve us until later. This oil and these oils that we've recommended will really help us to put one foot in front of the other and confront the situations and tasks at hand that need addressing. Now, one scoop of the day, this entire episode was like an an entire scoop for this episode, but a scoop of the day is I invite you to do some grounding work. You as the adult and or your children, not and or, as the adult and your children to do some grounding at least three times a week. So what does that mean? After school, after your busy day, go outside. Go find nature that you can touch on, that you can put your feet in the grass and soak up some of mother nature's energy. Now, if you think I'm like a wackadoodle and you're like, oh my gosh, this this person talking through this podcast is like out of your mind. My friend, go Google it. Do yourself a favor and go Google. And I think in the show notes, we'll tack on the episode that we discuss nature therapy. It is an actual thing that many, many people on this planet do. And it's such a beneficial tool that you can incorporate for free every single day. But in the beginning of the school year, I do know for a fact that adults and children could use some more grounding work. And so I invite you to take up this modality with these essential oils and watch the transformations that can happen. And I'm going to leave you a recipe in the show notes for a great diffuser blend using six drops of, sorry, seven drops of wild orange, four drops of Northern Escape and three drops of rosemary. So we'll leave that in the show notes for you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Oil Scoop. If you've enjoyed today's scoop on essential oils and want to stay updated with our latest episodes, exclusive content, and special offers, be sure to follow us and opt into our exclusive newsletter. Just head on over to our website, theessentialoilscoop.com forward slash newsletter and opt in today for more wellness tips and monthly inspiration connect with us on social media follow us on facebook and youtube the essential oil scoop podcast and please feel free to share and tag us on all of your essential oil adventures using the hashtag the essential oil scoop 
Remember, your wellness journey is our priority. We are here to help and support you every step of the way. Thanks again for being part of our essential oil family. Until next time.